0: Welcome to Geek Out with Angie Fiedler-Sutton, an ongoing discussion on geeky topics. If you've read my About the Blog page or know the origin of this podcast, you know that they both came about as an offshoot from my master's thesis I completed back in 2014. I set out to cover the world of geek culture from every perspective. But as I also wrote in my thesis, identifying as a woman in the geek nerd world can sometimes have its negatives. Cries of fake geek girl were rampant when geek media first started becoming mainstream, and issues like Gamergate and the attacks on Anita Sarkeesian showed that if you identified as a woman and wanted to cover geek culture, you pretty much had to expect doxing, rape threats, and trolling beyond the pale. So... Since I had also started getting into audio and podcasts in 2014, I decided I wanted to start a series of interviews with women in the community to discuss what it was like. I did three interviews back in 2014. Unfortunately, life hit me pretty hard then, and I never got around to editing those podcasts. Thankfully, life started to smooth out a bit earlier this year, and now that I've started focusing on the Geek Out podcast more, I realized I still wanted to do this series. So I emailed my three interview subjects from 2014. I asked if they were still willing to be used for this project and whether they wanted to redo the interview since it's been a few years. One wanted a complete redo, one wanted to do one where we used some of the audio from 2014 but did an updated segment as well, and one was fine using the audio from 2014. That third interview was with Supriya Lamea. Supriya and I met, as mentioned in this interview, thanks to a Facebook Sherlock fan group for those in Southern California. At the time, she worked for Geek & Sundry, although now she works for DeviantArt. Originally from the Silicon Valley, she moved to Los Angeles to look for work. We talk Harry Potter, Reddit, and other topics.
1: My name is Sapria LeMay, and I'm a marketing consultant at Geek & Sundry.
0: Well, let's start with the heart of the first question. How would you define what a geek is?
1: Oh, boy. I think I would define a geek as someone, anyone who is unabashedly passionate about something, which is a very general type of description, but I think that's what's contributed to the rise of the sort of geek. Because you can be a geek about anything, as long as you're passionate about it, unironically.
0: And how long would you say you've been a geek?
1: Oh boy, Um, I've probably been a geek in some way or the other since I was a child. I was obsessed with space growing up and I loved memorizing as many facts as I could about Jupiter's moons and so forth. And then I sort of um, grew into being a geek about whatever books I was reading because I got to obsess over them with my friends and then just kind of geeked on into adulthood, I guess.
0: May I ask how old you are?
1: I'm 25.
0: Okay, and your education?
1: Um, I have a BA from Emerson. In? Um, Visual Media Arts with a focus in screenwriting.
0: Awesome. And are you originally from Los Angeles or are you? I'm
1: from the Silicon Valley, so (laughs) home of the geeks.
0: In terms of your geeky area, mm-hmm. do you have one specific focus, or do you? I mean, what, what do you like in the geek world?
1: I certainly feel like a geek, a fake geek girl at work sometimes, because there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of comic book geeks and video game geeks there, which are not really my area. I'd say I'm a literature geek, sci-fi fantasy geek, to some degree, because of my education. A film, a film nerd, a film geek. I definitely have a casual interest in. Science and and uh, technology, but not the sort of depth of knowledge you'd need, really. Um, yeah, I've become a bit of a board game geek recently because of work and uh, because of my involvement with the Los Angeles Redditors. Yeah, so I'd say those are my that's my geek sprawl. Okay.
0: And and let's talk a little bit about um, the the Reddit Redditors. What mm-hmm. exactly do you do with that with Reddit?
1: So. Um, So I'd been browsing Reddit for a few years before I moved to Los Angeles and then joined the Los Angeles subreddit when I moved here, found out that there was a community that had meetups. I started going to the meetups Um, I met some of the people who organized it and then um, organized a couple of events myself. They invited me to become a meetup organizer officially on the meetup.com site and then I continued to organize more and more events and become more and more involved with the sort of with global Reddit Meetup Day and other things that were sort of on a larger scale, and uh, through that became a moderator of the Los Angeles subreddit and the head Meetup organizer once the the, the lady before me stepped down.
0: And and Reddit is basically a, a geek community. Yes. I mean, and they're, I mean, There's... yeah, they have communities for everything, but it's mm-hmm. it's inherently something that that geeks kind of lean towards. Definitely, it's I personally. <laughs>
1: it's, yeah, it's so general, like, it's a, it's just a news aggregation site, basically, but it definitely skews geeky and nerdy, um, and very male, actually, as it is, but, yeah, if they had one theme, it would be, yeah, geekiness, I would say, or nerdiness.
0: And in terms of other fan communities or geek communities, we... Through the or yeah SoCal California right
1: yeah the SoCal Sherlockians okay. yeah yeah
0: um, talk a little bit about what else the, um, what other communities you participate in that are geek related
1: so a very close friend of mine founded the SoCal Sherlockians so I'm part of that the the sort of core founding group that uh, created us and now we're doing pretty well we have some good numbers. Obviously, the Los Angeles Redditors. With the Redditors, I ended up linking up with um, the Los Angeles Dumbledore's Army, which is the huge Harry Potter fan group in the area when we did a, a geek singles mixer together where I brought the boys and they brought the girls, basically. And a few other groups, so it all kind of links together into one giant thing. Yeah, I, I can't think of any other Why participate in,
0: in, a, in a fan group or a club like that? What, why do you do it?
1: Um, definitely to find you know, people that are passionate about the same things I'm passionate about because you're always, you're always most comfortable around people who you can geek out around um, and you know I never feel like there are any errors in the geek community or any people are putting on errors in the geek community for the most part um, so it's easy to make an authentic connection to other people and I lo- I'm extremely extroverted. I love meeting new people and making friends so that's,
0: that's What it. would you say is the best part about being in the geek community or being a geek?
1: Um, boy. For me personally, it has been like the complete source of my social life moving to LA. I've found my people. I found my family (laughs) because I knew no one when I came out here and they sort of became the Redditors and the Sherlockians kind of became all of my, all of my social interaction. But I would say I've also gotten, you know, I've gotten a lot out of it. I met Kathleen, who is one of the founding members of the SoCal Sherlockians, through our mutual, our shared geek, or, um, geek love of video or board games. And because of her, I have the job I have now at Geek and Sundry, and so forth. So, but pretty much every aspect of my life um, has benefited from being part of the fan geek community.
0: And what would you say is the uh, Have you had any negative experiences or any the bad part of of being in the geek community?
1: I would say, if anything, um, there there is a sort of Reddit, for example, has a reputation of having a sort of creepy male element, which I've had brushes with because of the group. Because I, I mean, there are thousands of people on the Reddit meetup groups. So you're gonna you're gonna find some bad eggs of um, sort of the the stereotypical lonely sort of shitty guy. But I would say, yeah, apart from that, I haven't really had any negative experiences. I mean, I've had people that. I'm not going to build lifelong friendships with but i meet thousands of people so Mm -hmm.
0: well and and you touched on it briefly i mean part of this is um, Mm -hmm. the the fake geek girl concept has has been getting a lot of press lately yeah um have you had any i mean reddit like you said is about primarily skewed towards the male Mm -hmm. um, in terms of demographics Um, have you had any specific instances of misogyny or where you're Credence as a geek has been put into question just because you're a woman?
1: It's it's a subtle issue. It's almost not as much the direct, like, aggressive male um, way. Who do you think you are? Who, do you not know? You don't know what you're talking about when it comes to, like, Game of Thrones or something. And more uh, microaggression type of misogyny that comes from being in a room being the only girl in a room full of men watching, you know, a pretty objectifying show and stuff like that and getting kind of weird comments and stuff. Geeky stuff specifically, there have definitely been instances where I felt I had to prove myself in terms of my knowledge or back up my opinions more than perhaps someone else might have had to. But it's hard to point to whether that's just because geekiness is about like knowing every last detail about something whether it has to do with me being female or not. So I kind of hesitate to point to specific instances, but I definitely see it more online and less in person.
0: Specifically Reddit or just generally like in your social media world?
1: Um, I would say d- I can definitely point to examples of Reddit and and sort of my experiences there. For example, I mod- I also moderate the Asian Women's subreddit with a few other people and there are, there's a lot of sort of like a lot of presence of out like non women non Asian people on that subreddit, you know going on about their feelings about Asian women and what they should be like and what what the issues are with the community and so forth, and sort of that red pillar style of person making their presence known there there is the occasional place where you know I' I could point to a re- to the recent Tumblr post or two where I feel that people brigade when they feel that an injustice, a perceived injustice, and they, there isn't a lot of, say, fact checking or, you know, like discourse. There's just sort of, you're a scum and you're wrong, and if your opinion is different from mine, you're the worst. That's, that's general internet, and not really misogyny, I would say.
0: Yeah, my, my why I hesitate to call myself a fangirl was all based on the concept of microaggressions. Yeah. Um, when I first started my, my blog, mm-hmm. I was meeting with Henry Jenkins, which I don't know if you know who he he's is. He's awesome. Like, yeah. And he's one of my uh, advisors. But he and I were talking, and he, and he asked me to describe myself, and I said, I'm a fanboy. And he's like, oh, you don't call mm-hmm. yourself a fangirl. And it really got me to thinking why I hesitated to use that phrase. And I'm yeah. like, because fangirl has that inherent... Sexist quality of yeah. it's all about the squee, yeah. Versus a fanboy is all about, oh my god, I know every, th- I know how many times Bones, how many different ways Bones said, <laughs> damn it, I'm a doctor, not a whatever. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I definitely find myself because I would say a lot of my hardcore fangirl friends are kind of at a different level of fangirling, which I don't, I really honestly don't look down on, but it's not where I am. Like when I describe myself as not much of a cumber bitch, I'm not, you know. I'm not as into the Tumblr world of like every single set photo of every show that I'm into and stuff like that and sort of the huge slash community and stuff. I'm not I'm not as much in it. So as, as I've never really described myself as a fanboy, but I I do feel like there's a distinction between what traditional fangirls are and what how I feel about the properties that I'm a fan of. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have my Doctor Who TARDIS that was a gift, but I don't really collect merch, you know, and stuff like that. So
0: I'm, for the most part, <laughs> the most way, although I have written Slash more. <laughs> um Quantum Leap was my first random uh, thing. Um,
1: oh, I'm not saying it's not hot. No, no. Because no, <laughs> it is.
0: Yeah, no, it <laughs> definitely is. It's definitely, and it's, and, well, and I don't do it just because it's hot. Yeah. I do it because, uh, I, my primary reason why mm-hmm. I like re- reading and writing Slash is because it takes the stereotypical trope of you know, if this was a man and a woman in mm-hmm. this with this kind of chemistry, almost immediately everybody would be wondering when they'd get together. Exactly. But because yeah. it's two men or because it's two women, no one yeah. even thinks of that. And so I spend a lot of the... my
1: time thinking about that, actually, and just how in male, male-male relationships on TV, like, I think it's almost the slash, the the how it comes across as very slashy is almost a result of our own homophobia in a certain way, because we don't see like intense male-male relationships represented that much Mm -hmm. um and it just or or like or in our lives you know like guys touching is weird like you know they don't do it so when we see intense male-male relationships or even like you know a female duo we kind of map on the romantic things onto them and i'm like way cool with that but like it almost seems like if we were more accepting of like of that sort of like affection between men and stuff we wouldn't Map it as ro- like we wouldn't process it as romantic, mm-hmm. as much.
0: Yeah, well, like I said, I, I, I like it because it plays mm-hmm. with the heteronormative yeah. viewpoint of, of the world, and, and so that's why I yeah I, I like to play with it, and it's especially since a lot of it is just a big what if.
1: Oh, the and big soapbox I get on is basically just that there's frequently not very interesting female characters. Yeah, and that's and the other... so if the two most interesting, complex the characters with the best chemistry and and you know stories are male, then Slash is going to be popular. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's the other reason why I, I've read that Slash is popular with a lot of women is because there are, you know, although that's getting better, thankfully, yeah. with women characters. I
1: mean, there's a lot of very valid speculation, I think, including um, the whole concept. I think it's Henry Jenkins' concept of especially younger women trying to parse out emo- like the emotions of men mm-hmm. um, by writing them this way, like by writing them as almost female. <laughs> mm-hmm. But who knows? probably a big combination of all these things. Hi, my name is Hanine Kulaf, and I'm here with XPRIZE Foundation on the Adult Literacy XPRIZE, and we are transforming lives through literacy. And I'm here geeking out with Angie
0: Fiedler-Sutton. You can find Contents May Vary, the home of the Geek Out podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash contentsmayvary. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at the handle Angie F. Sutton. Be sure to give me a review over on iTunes or Stitcher. Finally, I have a newsletter. Be sure to sign up for it over at ngfSutton.com. And now back to my geek girl interview with Sapria Lamea. If um, you could pick one quote-unquote geek out moment of your life, whether it's meeting a celebrity or going to a premiere or working oh at King and Sundry, <laughs> the, that one time that you just totally fangirled out or totally geeked out, what would be the one thing that you would
1: they're like a bunch of little ones and i'm trying to think of like one transcendent moment of geekiness like when i was a kid they had these little binders that you could get where they would like mail you pamphlets to go in them of like animals and like one of like one entire binder set was of, of like just animals from around the world and then i found out they were doing one on space and i literally ran around my house in circles because i was so excited about this binder but i'd say like my transcendent geek out moment was probably just the full like i went i've only been to one geek convention um for like i, I mean not for work and stuff and i went to Ascatraz which was the harry potter convention in san francisco and uh it was just a whole weekend of like i could not believe people had dug this deep i mean there was a yule ball there were like talks about how king arthur played into the arthurian legend played into harry potter and how the seven sins could be found as a theme and just just like every kind of talk you could imagine i mean i had no idea and it was like an entire weekend of just like what (laughs) there are grown-up harry potter nerds that just do this all the time it was great
0: i have a love-hate relationship (laughs) with harry potter i had had a good friend commit suicide just after the last book was released and it was pretty apparent that he read it literally finished the book before he killed himself i'm sorry to hear <laughs> and so as a result it's like i can't read that book and and that Not. was right around when half-blood prince movie was coming out yeah so it's like those last two books are really hard for me I mean, Death is a huge theme dead. in those books especially yeah, yeah since death is part of, of harry of potter that.
1: kind of marked off the end of my childhood in a certain way because it was like a big part of it was fandom was a big part of me and my life and with my friends and stuff and growing up because they, they came i was kind of in that generation where they came out where i was the same age as harry um, and then the the weekend that I moved to Los Angeles was the weekend that Deathly Hallows part two came out and it was the first movie I couldn't go to the Midnight premiere of because I had to be a grown-up go to bed on time and like get up in time to go to like move to Los Angeles and start my career um, and so I was alone in the city, no friends, and I like walked to the nearest theater. A few days later, and watched Deathly Hallows by myself in like at like a matinee. Like no job, did no prospects, and like went and cried into a crepe afterward. Like
0: my job is over.
1: Adulthood begins. Now. So,
0: what about Harry Potter specifically draws you?
1: Well, the humor, the world building. I mean, I. I think it was my first fandom, and in many ways my last that I was like very earnestly into. Like I was online reading fic. I was like I was a big part of the theorizing on the forums on nets and you know I was just a kitty. Um, I was a big nerd for all of it. Like I anything any theory people had, I had read all sides of the argument and had formed an opinion. (laughs) Um, So. So I'm getting a little bit of that back from Game of Thrones because the bricks are still coming out and there's still a lot like to speculate about. But that for me, I think the ability to engage with other people online and theorize what would happen next was my main, my main draw. In addition to Vic being sort of a way to explore, the world that I didn't know. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and um, what piece of advice would you give to a newbie entering the geek world?
1: Do you <laughs> <laughs> lean in? Uh, <laughs> They're, the geek community is extremely supportive. So if you can use that, use it. Because I fancy myself a writer, and some of m- my friends that are really good writers now polished their writing in the world of fic because there's sort of this structure community of like, usually women and older women who like will send a, sort of take you in and like help you grow and stuff. And I was too afraid to dive into that world and like put myself out there. On like live journal was where it all was happening when I was like. 13 or 14 or whatever um and i can see how that helped those people and you know those people could be connections for different things later in life but honestly for the thing you love if it's vitting or writing or art or whatever it is there's a supportive community that will like help you and teach you and, and give you resources and feedback and support you so you should definitely take advantage of of those things and create don't just you know well i want to but there's more to, you can do, get more out of it than just imbibing.
0: Awesome. Now I know you said you had a roommate, uh, a little <laughs> bit about your family. Are, are they still in Silicon Valley or, yes. um, um, is my, it just you or do you have yes, a significant I'm, other
1: or? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, all this geekery has left no time for boys. Um, my, my dad is the, the geek. He's an engineer and, um, both of my parents really encouraged the reading and everything, which helped. And they're both in the Silicon Valley still. Um, he was a Silicon Valley executive for a while, and now he's sort of waff- doing that waffling thing between retired and consulting and so forth. I've had a series, like a serial of semi-geeky roommates, um, and honestly, like I haven't even necessarily shared a lot of the same geeky interests as them. But it's nice to have someone else that also sort of gets just giddy about something sometimes. Like my previous roommate was obsessed with Full Metal Alchemist, which I didn't. I wasn't as excited as him, but it was fun to have someone else that could relate to when I was flipping out over something else. My current roommate and I bonded over, um, she just moved in pretty recently and bonded over Doctor Who. So yeah, like, in that way where I sort of found my community through Reddit, I found all of my roommates and stuff through Reddit and geeky, geeky pursuits.
0: (laughs) Is there anything you thought I was going to ask that I haven't yet?
1: Hmm. I wish I had a better answer on those misogyny questions cuz there's so no. many so many opinions. Yeah, well,
0: I mean, that's not the main focus <laughs> yeah. of these. The oh, main yeah. focus is just the female geek as a whole. I mean, whether or not they've, su- you know, they have experienced it. I personally have never experienced it myself. Mm-hmm. either, you know, the only negative I've ever had in fandom have well, been yeah. like you, the gatekeeping aspect of Yeah oh, well, you only watched the TV series, you never read the books? Well, you're yeah. not your fan. Well, yeah. Excuse me.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm a I'm a sarcastic and, and slightly aggressive person, so I think that if people wanted to take up that attitude with me, they wouldn't necessarily pick a me to target or take up that attitude. They, It sort of is also partly how you come across, um, I think. Um, there's also that sort of, like, when that misogyny occurs, I think it also occurs um, a lot with, like, girls that are perceived to be like just cute girls that couldn't possibly, be, you know what I mean, like there's sort of that aspect of it and I don't think I ever come across as that sort of poser. I'm sure if I were like a hot little cosplayer, I would have to encounter it a lot more. But yeah, I think now that there's sort of an ironic I'm a fakey girl sort of thing, like the Double Clicks song, mm-hmm. I'm impressed with how many people they got participating all over. It was, it was a cute video. I think maybe the only other thing I thought might come up would be like where sort of geek chic and the whole thing is going and sort of like
0: talk about that. Where do you think? um, I mean, one of the things I, you know, as part of the thesis, I had to explain mm -hmm. why I'm doing a blog on geek stuff, and Mm -hmm. I talk about how you know it used to be shameful to be a geek, and it's only fairly recently in the last decade or so it started to become. Cool to be geeked, and and it's partly because of Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, and the yeah. fact that the internet itself kind of had made that. Yeah, it's always cool easier. to be a
1: successful business person, and now that that's all
0: internet stuff. Well, yeah, and since the internet yeah. itself is kind of a geeky thing, the yeah, fact that everybody uses there's now like
1: of... an internet culture. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because, sorry to cut you off. No, um. I recently heard someone describe Jennifer Lawrence as geeky. And I was like, I can't think of a single, like, like she plays Wow or something, you know, like something that I could point to that could be like, this is a, and I never thought of her as a geek, but like, because she sort of has that, like, uh, relatability, like confessional sort of like way of interviewing and stuff. I think she's sort of seen as part of like geek culture, like, internet geek culture specifically because that's just its own thing that isn't about a specific property which is so interesting to me because nothing else about her is especially geeky I mean she was in a few movies like X-Men and Hunger Games but I wouldn't you no, know, that doesn't. So were a lot of people. Like no one's like, oh, Chris Pine's such a geek because he was in Star Trek.
0: Well, it was the same thing with uh, Veronica Mars movie. Yeah. I mean, inherently Veronica Mars is not. If you just listen to what it how yeah, it's, it's described, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like a detective show. How is yeah. that geeky? But yeah. yet it's got this huge geek quotient to it. And, you know, it's. Been, you know, Josh yes. Whedon himself was a fan, and so yeah. it kind of crosses that boundary. Same with Sherlock for that matter. I mean, yeah, Sherlock Holmes, you can be yeah. geeky about Sherlock Holmes, but this, but like literature geeky, you would never immediately exactly think, ooh, Sherlock, when you're thinking yeah. of Girl- geeky. But because Moffat runs Doctor Who, because yeah, you know, Cumberbatch and, and Freeman were both mm-hmm. involved in several geek projects, it yeah. kind of crossed that boundary of yeah, to that
1: what something develops that sort of online fandom Mm -hmm. sort of and also I think with Veronica Mars um, because it was in many ways like a a much more feminist show than we were used to seeing I think the sort of social justice aspect of female fandom ended up sort of fusing with it Anything, anything that develops a fandom I guess to sort of the dedicated like we want to bring Veronica Mars back like group that existed for so long
0: So where do you see the future of the geek communities going?
1: I mean, I really hope it mainstreams, and it has, like Game of Thrones is now pretty mainstream as like a popular show. It mainstreams like sort of these, these like fantastical and science fiction type of worlds, because I think that there's a lot of stories to be told there that are super interesting, especially like speculative stuff. Um... And, like, I like fantasy because, yeah, there are a lot of problems with the way our society is now, but sometimes you want to escape to something where you explore completely different problems and you don't have to deal with, like, the inherent misogyny of, like, right now and stuff. And not that Game of Thrones specifically gives you that because it gives you the opposite. Um, But it it would be really cool since, you know, stories are a big part of our culture and our export as a country and, you know, the media and stuff. It would be cool to have more stories that are that could explore different ideas in different worlds, I guess. Well,
0: and, and part of the reason, too, for why it's becoming a little bit more mainstream is that the special effects have become so much better. I mean, I'm just remembering yeah. some of... I grew up in the 80s, and I'm remembering <laughs> some of the horrendous fantasy <laughs> films I, that that was you had to pretty much deal with the fact that it was a Muppet because what else were they going to do? Oh, Legend. You know? <laughs> well, actually, Legend was one of the better ones. <laughs> Same with Crawl. Uh, uh, but you know, some of those were just so craptastic because yeah. there was only so much you could do special effects-wise, and I think yeah. that was part of why The Hobbit worked so well. Is because yeah. he, you know, yeah, he used green screen, but he also used traditional filmmaking Lord techniques of the Rings, yeah, to where it, you know, it was part of just another storytelling technique.
1: It's it's pushing the industry forward. Like Lord of the Rings developed a lot of the technology
0: from my, from what I understand in VFX that we continue to use afterward. And now it's time for Angie geeks out. Back in March, KCRW's The Business had an interview with Victoria LaBombe and her husband Frank Oz about a new documentary that LaBombe produced and Oz directed. That's how I heard about Muppet Guys talking. The movie is a roundtable discussion between five of the original Muppet performers. Frank, of course, as well as Dave Goles, Fran Brill, Bill Beretta, and Jerry Nelson, who passed away in 2012. The movie is just a shade over an hour long and is an intriguing look into the mindset of the Muppet world discussing everything from coming up with the voices to how they get into the characters they are most famous for, the documentary is a wonderful look at the creative process. Not surprisingly, the five also talk a lot about Jim Henson, his management style, his way of thinking, and his impact on themselves as well as the world. Distributed by Oz himself, it's only available online at MuppetGuysTalking.com for around $10. Well, I say only available online. There was a short period where they were offering limited editions of it in DVD to be signed by Oz himself as part of a below-stage access that I was lucky enough to get in on. If you are a fan of the Muppets or enjoy hearing about the creative process, this is a must-own. And that's a wrap for this episode. Thanks to Sapria for not only the original interview, but for being willing to work with me to finally get it produced. The other two interviews will be scattered throughout this year. Thanks also to Hineen Kalaf, the Community Engagement Coordinator for the X-Prize Adult Education Project, for her plug. You can hear her interview in episode 24, covering the 2017 L.A. Times Festival of Books. Next up, prepare to get filky. I will be interviewing Tom Smith, filker extraordinaire, about the genre as well as the ins and out of being a musician in 2018. Until next time, stay geeky. Thanks for listening to Geek Out with Angie Fiedler Sutton. The theme song is Schoolyard Haze by Yari Pitnokin, available via the Free Music Archive. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution non-commercial share-alike license. More information about the podcast is available on AngieFSutton.com.